Okay, so today it looks like it is. <laughs> I lose track of the days so quickly. It'll say on the podcast thing, like, what day it is. Because I used to use this other app where it was like, oh, hey, I have to specifically say what date it is or write it in. Otherwise, I'll lose track of what it is because it doesn't plug it in for me. But, anyways, today's a day in January. And I am just so elated. It's probably January 16th because it's Saturday. Um, and I am just so elated. Um, my daughter one time was laughing at me. She was going through all my old journal entries and sharing with me something that she noticed. She's like, mom, you start every one of your journal entries with, I am so grateful. I am so happy about my life. I love this about, (laughs) it's just like, it just made me laugh because I was like, yeah, I probably do do that a lot. (laughs) Um, but it's just kind of funny to think that because there was always those times in my life where it was just like, I don't know if I'll ever smile again. I don't know if I'll laugh again. I don't know when's the last time I smiled or laughed or, you know, just like in those like dark pits of life being like, yeah, I'm in the pit and I'm kind of just waiting for someone to pull me out. (laughs) And so it's just, it's really sweet when she says that to me. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. I love that that's my new life, right? That's like my new existence of of what I can move forward with my life with. Because it's like, I think in the past, I was maybe a little bit judgmental of people that were like super happy, happy-go-lucky or super positive or optimistic and all of these things. It was almost like I was in a state of like, could you just tone it down a bit? Like, could you just be a little bit less shiny? Could you? And, and it's just like... You know, it's it's true what they say, like misery loves company or like or, you know, like there was this quote that we had a lot around my junior high days because it was always about anti-bullying and this kind of thing. And it was like something like you don't have to blow out somebody else's candle or light to make yours shine brighter. And I totally get that. And when I was in those dark phases, it was as if that was the best idea ever. It was just like, well, actually... It feels like I'm doing something useful if I just burn out, like, blow out somebody else's light because it just feels so wrong to feel that way about life. You know, like, it was that's where I was for so many different periods of my life, you know, because I have this kind of, like, I'm not, like, bipolar, but I kind of have two sides of me. I have this, like, yang part of me. And when I say yang, my yang side typically means, like, I'm kind of a little bit more... Like there's that side that wants to be a little bit more polished, sophisticated and private and just kind of like live my own life kind of way. Um, and then there's that yin side of me that's just like that, that just runs and is so delighted with summer and spring and kites and, and just like going and enjoying every aspect of what the weather has given me as a gift to explore and enjoy for that day kind of thing. Like there's just those two sides of me that are constantly kind of clashing back and forth, like within a day, within any given moment. And so anyways, I started today um, thinking, I'm like, man, what am I doing, right? It's like, like, why am I even doing this? Like where I talk and, and do this like as often as I can, right? Like I kind of am have it as like a kind of a daily habit thing and you know yesterday was like a really good place for me because it was me coming back into the the basics like letting my roots go deep in what I'm actually doing because 
you know, especially in this life and world, like it's so easy to get caught up with like, um, almost like social media tag or peer pressure and things like that. Like I almost feel like, like I'm 31, but I feel like I'm kind of back in junior high in some phases when I enter into environments, like whether it's different social media platforms or whatever. And I'm just like, man, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can do this, you know, in the same way that when I would go to different school systems, it was like, yes, we're there to learn. And yes, like that's the purpose of it, but all the white in between of like the negativity and the hurt, like being mean to one another and being petty and all of this kind of stuff that's happening amongst that environment, it almost made it so it was like not even worth it to go to learn because there really wasn't any learning happening. Like the majority of what was happening was just this back and forth of choosing whose side are you on, like in, in bullying different people. And it was just like ridiculous. Anyways. So I woke up today and I was just like feeling out, um, well actually I'll just go back to yesterday. It's like yesterday was like a really lovely day cause, cause I kind of went to bed. Okay. So it was like two days ago, two days ago, I kind of had a bit of a kind of an over screen device usage kind of day. I didn't really notice it at the time, but it just kind of continued and developed into that where I was like, yeah, we keep having to check in on these devices and and check different updates about this that or the other and I'm just like I just kind of done you know by the and then by the point it was like dinner time I just kind of felt this slog of like I don't even have any ideas of what to talk about with these people that are like my cherished people you know I don't have any ideas of like what I could take in of what they have to say and process it into like a heart space so that I can like empathize with what they're talking about and like it was just total fog mind space and I was like I just don't want to be here like I just don't want to and it was like my breathing pattern was off and I was like feeling that anxiety kind of like almost like feeling cooped up in a car for too long when you're on a long road trip that's kind of the feeling I I had going to bed and then I wake up the next day and it was like a little bit was of it was gone but I still felt like I was like oh like I still feel a little bit of it and then I was like okay well I'm just going to move forward anyways, do my thing. So like, I really did. Like I had a lot of little things that were really sweet about the day, you know, starting off teaching yoga and then going and having a little, like the sky was like, oh, um, after yoga, then I decided I was going to go into my, my family history stuff and check that out a little bit more. And then my kids were all trying to find like the front row seat to like, you know, ask questions and all this stuff. I was like, oh my goodness, this is so sweet to see how curious little people can be about simple things, right? It's just such a testimony to me of like the beauty of life, you know, and and how I get to learn so much from so many people, regardless of their background of how much experience or education they've had in life. Like there's so much to learn from every single person, regardless of their background. Like Maybe in specific, like in particularly because of their lack of experience or education, like there's just so much to learn. Anyways, so then we were doing that for a little bit, but then I noticed that the the sky was like blood red. I was like, oh my goodness, it's like sunrise walk time. Like, just close everything down. We're just going outside, and like sometimes it's just me because I love the sky. I love the sky so much, and my favorite time is like at the like sunrise and sunset because like there's so many colors and it's so vibrant, and like it, it feels so sad when I miss it because like sometimes it's like so amazing and then I'm like oh yeah it's gonna be like that all day so I'll just like not worry about it right now I'll see it later right and then later on I notice I'm like oh my goodness it's an overcast day I can't believe I just missed that sunrise 
because that was like the only time today I was going to see those colors and really like take in the behind the scenes of what was going on behind the overcast and I was like <laughs> so anyways whenever I see them nowadays it's like no I'm going right now like I'm just going right and so it's been really nice to do that and then like lately the kids kind of just jump on the bandwagon and they're like oh I'm coming too so that's kind of fun so I had my three olders with me we kind of ran around and did that took pictures and then came back and we just kind of had like a big learning research kind of a day where it was just like everybody kind of had their different questions and we just kind of went and found answers to them in different ways um and you know and really like in our with our resources really that just means like asking questions on google and finding videos like kid-friendly videos that just kind of like explain it on like to kind of help with that curiosity um and so we spent a lot of time doing that yesterday and like going through different channels where they read stories to kids and things like that and like talk about different history stuff anyways I just wanted to share all of that because that was kind of my day and then like it was kind of like and then I did haircuts amongst all that so like that's kind of my thing it's like I don't usually love the screen thing and device thing but when it's haircut time it's like I am just pulling out all the stops because I believe in kids having like freedom from their hair getting into their food and all of this kind of stuff so I'm like I'll just do it like it's gonna be okay so then that was okay and then but then like really by the end of the day I just kind of felt this sense of like man what did I do today? Like I kind of just, you know, I knew like from a checklist perspective, maybe I checked off a bunch of stuff, but inside I just still kind of felt a little bit tricklings of that anxiety of that feeling like I was been, a, been in a car for too long and just feeling like, what am I doing? And thankfully the end of the day meant that I got to meet up with my husband, sit on the couch. Um, and we were, um, going to engage in this marriage course that we're doing together so influential just so influential I just love it so much um and basically it's like this is like the thing that that just really made it so awesome like it was also really helpful that he had this like lovely drink for me that's like my favorite drink it's like one of those drinks that's not like a fancy fancy drink but like only he would know that I love this drink right and it's so grounding and nourishing to me that I'm just like oh you would do that for me you know because it takes time to like prepare it and make it just just right so it's nice and ready to just go down and it's awesome anyway so then so I had that and ugh, that was so healing like I just loved having like a good like couple cups of this drink that just made it so I was like oh this is the best I felt all day you know like I finally feel like the fog is gone I'm able to just focus on the next thing that we're doing together and I'm just like oh thank you I thanked him oh so grateful so anyways I love this book that we're reading because like you know they it's so supportive of some of the best things right like just so supportive and when I say supportive I mean like they go right into the research of 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 basically taking like the best principles for a good life kind of stuff and then going into the science of like doing research of why that is kind of thing and I love it because it, it talks about, you know, for example, there's this one study that they talked about where they, they observed this couple that was kind of in conflict. You know, they, they like observed them and they, they basically started like the team was taking notes of their interactions and stuff. And they were taking notes of all of the positive things, positive interactions that they were having with one another. Whereas, and then the couple was also 
called to t- keep track themselves as well. And so after this period of time of like the team that was like the objective team watching the couple take keeping track of all the positive interactions and then the couple personally take keeping track of their interactions like the positive ones like while they were still in a fog of like conflict or whatever like it was really interesting to see in like the results of the study basically saying that the couple like you know even though they were keeping track of every interaction that they thought was positive um because they were kind of in this funk of like already blaming each other for different things and this funk of like not really um trying to see each other's way very often like they were just kind of in this place of holding back a lot so it made it so that when they came together and like saw both results the couple only saw 50% of their positive interactions with each other. Whereas the objective group saw like, you know, all of them because that's what they're doing. They're not, they're not, you know, heated in, in discussion about this, that, or the other. So they like that, like the, you know, the team, the research team saw like double the amount of positive interactions between this couple where the couple only saw 50%. And when I, and and so basically then they kind of use that as this example of like you know some people say that you know our suggestions of what you can do to make your marriage work and things like that they're that they're too they're fake or phony or they're just not realistic but like in looking at this experience we are like in the position that that taking the time to notice and be grateful for one another another's positive like exchanges and and all of this kind of stuff taking the time to notice those things is actually allowing for a person to become even more realistic even an even better observer of what's actually going on in their life and in their in their marriage kind of thing and and like becoming even more alert and even more receptive to what's actually going on right and and when they said it like that I was like oh I feel so grateful. I'm like, I'm so grateful somebody has taken the time to notice what works, to then take the research to to then back it up, you know, like with solid, like just, I just felt so good about that because I think so often I have these like ideals and theories about like positivity and all of these kinds of things. And, it, and it's so validating when I have somebody in my life you know, that's taken the time to write a book for me to read. And, and it's, it's to the point where it's like, oh, hey, I can just take this and really feel like the way that I'm living and moving forward with my life in positive ways actually does have worth, you know, like it actually does have worth to find things that I'm grateful for about what my spouse is doing for me. It's not a phony thing. It's not being fake or whatever, you know, and they talk about like at the beginning, it may feel like you're being fake. It, it just may feel like that because it's, it hasn't become natural for you to observe in that way before. And so it kind of feels like, like you have to wonder to yourself, like, is this a thing? Like, is this really a thing? Um, but like over time, a person can realize, well, no, actually, this is not fake at all. This is like, has nothing to do with being fake at all. It has everything to do with like seeing what's actually happening and just allowing for that to be my actual reality, right? And so, like, when I thought of it I like that, I was like, okay, yeah. No, this is so cool. Like, I'm so grateful for that, you know, explanation. And then, 
so then anyways so then we had our like marriage course thing and that was good went to sleep woke up and it was kind of funny because i woke up thinking oh maybe maybe today i'll talk about like my health journey stuff or whatever right and like over time i was like no i really like when i can just go into like the scriptures and just get you know i talk about the black on the page and the white on the page so i create this like little kind of like two column thing on my page where it's like on the left side it's the black on the page and then on the right is the white on the page and so I was like doing that and just kind of going through and being like okay well what does it say that's the black and then what's the white what am I feeling and an understanding from this for my actual life application kind of thing what's like what am I going to do with what I'm just learning here and I just felt so grateful you know like by the end of like reading I don't know, like five different pages of scriptures. Like it just got to a point where I just felt like I was having like this like scripture bath. I was like, oh my goodness, I haven't felt like this for like 10 years plus, right? Like, like I remember one of the first times I felt like that was when I was going through the New Testament for the first time because that was like the, the scripture readings for a certain class I was taking at the time. I was like 16 years ago. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm so grateful to be coming back into this place of like, yes, let's just soak in this scripture bath. <laughs> like, this is awesome. So anyways, I started off kind of just like going into one of my favorite, favorite stories right now because I just feel like it's so relevant. Like, you know, I was mentioning a little bit before that I felt really impressed by the brother of Jared and how he was able to make these barges and, and travel across to then like, the promised land that they were going to and how the thing that helped them to have the strength to be able to move forward and keep going amongst like 344 days in these barges right like in close quarters just traveling on the ocean for the first time ever in this situation and the way that they were able to move forward and keep doing that and survive and thrive right is because they kept doing this thing that they called praising the lord and so I've been trying to adopt that and be like, yeah, that's what I need to focus on. If I'm going to get through anything, I need to focus on praising the Lord at any given moment, as much as possible, just do it. Right. And so then that, that, of course, so many other stories come to mind. It's like, oh yeah, Nephi was so good at that. Like, you know, he had so many situations where like his brothers tied him up or wanted to kill him, all of these different situations. And he would just focus on praising the Lord like he would focus on gratitude and focus on how merciful and giving and you know like how how good his situation was right and he was praying for the good of those that were doing ill to him and I'm like man I have so much to learn from these sweet people right like it just goes back to Moroni and then he's like writing the plates and you know he's getting hunted and yet he's praying for the good of those people and their progeny and their posterity that they may be able to receive the goodness of what he's writing right I'm like oh my goodness these guys are so so pure-hearted and I just feel so inspired by them so anyways I was in the story of it's like in first Nephi like I was traveling around in first Nephi between like first Nephi chapter one to 16 kind of style. And basically I was just kind of gathering some of my understanding of like what happened, you know, when Nephi, like what was the backstory before Nephi, basically they were in the wilderness, his bow broke. And then what happened after? Cause I just wanted to gain some clarity about it. Because this story already has been really impacting me. Just even just like the children's version of it. I was I've mostly been reading just the children's version of it this all this whole time, 
and it's been impacting me so deeply. I'm like, oh my goodness, like here he is, this boy that, you know, something happens in their family that's just like unexpected. Everybody else is choosing to murmur and think like, oh, that that's all we can do with this situation now. Like there's nothing else. And then he just goes and he's like humble and soft and he's like, okay, time to make another bow. Like time to, to just keep going and time to just ask the questions that are actually going to help this situation kind of thing. And, and it's just so deeply, um, meaningful to me, you know, to the point where I was like, okay, now I'm going to actually go to the scriptures and actually go there. Right. So then I was reading, you know, I just love that verse where it's like, yeah. And it came to pass that as I Nephi went forth to slay food, behold, I did break my bow, which was made of fine steel. And after I did break my bow, behold, my brethren were angry with me because of the loss of my bow for we did obtain no food. And then it just says like, you know, like everybody was sad and they were murmuring. And then it's like, you know, the next verse, that last verse was first Nephi chapter 16, 18. And then this, this next verse that I chained it to, it's like verse 23. And it's like, and it came to pass that I Nephi did make out of a, a wood, a bow and out of a straight stick, an arrow that wherefore I did arm myself with a bow and an arrow and a sling and with stones. And I said unto my father, whither shall I go to obtain food? Like, oh, it just hits me right to the core. And then I chained it over to this verse 31 and 32 in the same chapter 16 of first Nephi. And I'm like, and it says, and it came to pass that I did slay wild beasts insomuch that I did obtain food for our families. And it came to pass that I did return to our tents bearing the beasts, which I had slain. And now when they beheld that I had obtained food, how great was their joy. And it came to pass that they did humble themselves before the Lord and did give thanks unto him. And so it was just really sweet in that moment for me to read. Like one, I love the courageous story of how he was able to just plow through by himself, even when nobody was there to support him and be like, no, I know what I know and I need to act accordingly with what I know. And basically that meant he needed to make a bow and he needed to help his family. And, and I'm sure he had so much compassion. He's like, yeah, I get it. Everybody else, their testimony is waning a little bit right now. But I need to be honest with where my testimony is at. And it's not. And so I'm just going to move forward and do the next next helpful thing. And so then, then, then that, that last verse, though, it really hit me. I was like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe that's in there. And it says, like, in verse 32, as I said, and it came to pass that they did humble themselves before the Lord and did give thanks unto him. I don't know. I feel like that is so nourishing to my soul to believe that like his good works actually gave those people the evidence that um, they needed at that time to help their testimonies basically right because like everybody learns faith in different ways some people learn it by simply like blind no not blind faith but they they're okay with not a lot of evidence and they're okay with just feeling the spirit and be like hey let's move forward because I feel like this is a good idea um and they're receptive to that. And then there's other people where they're kind of in a state where they're they're not there yet. And they kind of need to see other people go first and have experience and, and share their testimonials before they can be in a place to be like, okay, now I can act. Because I can feel like there's a balance between the logic and the physical um, evidence with the spiritual stuff. You know, like, because some people have that thing within their makeup of their psyche or, or their, their processing, that they, they need that. That's important to them to have that to help them, right? So I just love how Nephi was like, well, I have enough faith to just go and do it. And then his 
faith and his evidence of his faith was then a ripple effect to influence his family so they could humble themselves and they could give thanks to him. Like, that's cool. I love that so much. Um, and so then, uh, yeah, I hear you. There's still apples like, like we had before. Um, but you can talk to daddy if you want to talk more about that. He's in his room. Um, so then, okay, then I'm going to like the next part of my scriptures where it's like, oh, hey, Matthew 5, 16. That's like my scripture right now for my year. It's like, because my word is glorify. And so I was like, oh my goodness, these are so connected, you know, in the sense where it says like, like, this is like Nephi's experience here is like an example of what they're talking about in Matthew 5, 16, which is saying like, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. And so when I saw it all like that, I was like, oh man, that's what it is. It's like, it's just simple, right? Because sometimes, like, I've used this scripture in the past. You know, in the past, I've used the word shine from this scripture as my word of the year. And, and both times, like, that year and this year, as, I'm, as I choose the word, I'm like, do I have the audacity to even, like, do that? You know, like, like who am I to think that I have anything to offer that, that could be of worth to other people, right? Like, because when I'm, like, in my carnal kind of like logical mind thinking it's like who am I like I'm just like this regular person lives in this country still living right now like like who am I right and then it's just like well whatever like I can just do my thing like and I I'm sure there was probably even moments where Nephi just kind of felt like a regular person too and he's just like well I don't know why I'm the only one that like really cares about this so like I'm gonna go and do this bow thing and make it better And so I just feel like, you know, when I'm thinking, like, it just kind of changes my perspective about letting my light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I'm starting to see that maybe letting my light so shine before men really isn't so much about, like, becoming famous and doing these, like, great, amazing things that that then will be, like, announced over the news and, you know, like, those kinds of things. Maybe it's as simple as Nephi in his family situation, he noticed a problem that needed to be fixed and he was able to see it as a solvable problem. He was able to be in a growth kind of mindset, kind of like space of like service mindset, growth mindset, so that he could be like, oh, well, how about we do it like this? And he could be helpful. So I feel like in that sense of him just asking good quality questions, of him having faith, that the Lord would help him in that process and like help him. Like, you know, I'm sure he had prayers that he, he said to be able to enable him, you know, like he would ask his father to pray, um, on like where the, where to go. Right. And like, I just feel like in all those tiny private victory experiences of letting our light so shine by our simple acts of faith, like allowing there to be works with our faith, And allowing, you know, like recognizing that the Lord loves our effort and that he accounts every single thing that we do for good, that like that, that is letting our light so shine. And then it says that they may see your good works, you know? And so like when I see it like that, it's like, oh, 
Well, it's like, you know, Nephi could totally have just gone on his own, done his bow thing, and just made, got food, and just served himself with it. He really could have. Like, he could have just been like, well, if you guys are just going to, you know, reap the consequences of your actions, like, you guys do your thing, I'm going to go get a, get food, and I'm just going to feed myself and just carry on my merry way. Like, he could have just done that, right? But it was just so neat that it became clear to him. He's like, well, I'm getting this inspiration to be resourceful and to make the situation better I could just keep it to myself but it's it's very it's like he was compelled or it's like he couldn't resist then being like well I only need this much like I could clearly share so much with those people that are struggling basically and and so it, he just made it easy to to want to help people with things that they were actually interested and wanting right and and it wasn't like he was trying to shove things down people's throats like they were actually hungry for that thing and he was happy to share you know and so it's like let your light so shine before men that's like him going and and being productive and being like resourceful and going and and doing all the steps so that he could get the meat kind of thing and then that they may see your good works and then he took the meat he didn't just take it for himself but he took it and he was willing to share it with the people that he knew was already like that's exactly what they were hoping to get right they were that's the exact thing that was making them so upset and so sorrowful because they were hungry and then like and then it says and then the result will be and glorify your father which is in heaven and i'm like man that is so cool i love that i love that and i think that that's possible when we are just like living our regular life in, in wanting to follow Jesus Christ, in wanting to do the things that he's told us to do, um, and, and be like, be on that same page and then being open with just the regular people that we're around and be like, Oh, this is just part of my regular life. This is what I'm doing right now. Or this is what I've noticed about what I've been learning about life in general. Right. And so that was lovely. I was like, ah, uh, sweet. Like, thank you. Like, that was such a wonderful thing to just, like, come full circle to be like, oh, I'm so grateful for this. Like, I'm so, so grateful for this little piece of knowledge to just have a, a tiny speck of feeling like I get, I get these people in these scriptures. Like, I feel like they've written it for me, right? And, and I just feel so humbled by that. And then they're like, like, I have this other little bit that I want to share and I feel sad that it's like already been 30 minutes in this recording, but maybe this recording is for people that are like wanting to just soak in this experience with me (laughs) and is ready to go for another 15 or plus minutes to just go here with me on like my favorite part of my whole scripture journey today. So basically then, you know, after going through Book of Mormon and then the Old New Testament and then in Doctrine and Covenants 3... You know, it it was just so sweet to go into those verses where basically it's saying, oh, hey, um, it's basically saying the reason why the plates were preserved, um, that the promises of the Lord might be fulfilled, which he made to his people. Um, and yeah, that was really sweet. Like just, just knowing that that like the reason why something is happening right now is because of things that happened in the past 
where it's it needs to be full circle, right? And so then I searched up a little bit about that, and I was like, okay, well, it says Doctrine and Covenants 47, 46 to 50, but really, it's like Doctrine and Covenants 10, 46 to 53, because it's just, like, so epic. I just love what it's talking about here. Um, yeah, like... Like, I'm just so touched by it. It's like 46. It says, And behold, all the remainder of this work does contain all those parts of my gospel, which my holy prophets, yea, and also my disciples desired in their prayers, should come forth unto this people. And I said unto them that it should be granted unto them, according to their faith in their prayers. And this was their faith, that my gospel, which I gave unto them, that they might preach in their days, might come unto their brethren the Lamanites, and also all that had been become... Lamanites because of their dissensions. Now this is not all. Their faith in their prayers was that this gospel should be made known also if it were possible that other nations should possess this land. And thus they did leave a blessing upon this land in their prayers that whosoever should believe in this gospel in this land might have eternal life. Yea, that it might be free unto all of whatsoever nation, kindred, tongue, or people they may be. And now behold, according to their faith in their prayers, will I bring this part of my gospel to the knowledge of my people. Behold, I do not bring it to destroy that which they have received, but to build it up. And for this cause have I said of this generation, harden not their hearts, I will establish my church among them. If, oh yeah, it's if this generation harden not their hearts, I will establish my church among them. And so I'm like, uh, oh my goodness, like, did I just read that? Because um, I just feel like, you know, that just brought, it just felt like it was like the culminating, closing, just like helped me feel closure about so many different aspects of my personal experience with life and then reading up on different things and feeling like that makes so much sense. I'm just like that. And then I was just like soaking in the scriptures. I'm like, I just need to let all of that just kind of sink in. Cause I'm like, um, that was absolutely beautiful. Like that was just beyond words. Beautiful. You know, it brings to mind that story where Alma, the younger and Alma, the older, you know, where Alma, the younger is destroying the church. And then his father is praying for him. He's just praying for him the whole time. He's like, I have nothing that I can do because he won't listen to me. So I will just pray for him all the time. And then it just gets to a point where Alma the Younger is destroying everything, da da da. And it just gets to a point where an angel literally stops him. He's like, Alma, <laughs> hold up. Can you just like, what are you doing? <laughs> and he's like, I have my, your father has prayed me to you. And so basically just listen up, like pay attention. Cause I'm here because your father prayed me to you. Like, and so like then Alma the Younger, of course, like he falls asleep for days or something like that. And he, he basically in his dreams, he's converted. He, he has this change of heart experience. And, and I just love that story. Not just because he had a change of heart, but more especially because his father's prayers were what allowed for those things to happen. So I just felt like, I feel like it's like Heavenly Father really does pay attention to every one of our prayers. Like, I think sometimes in the world, it can be easy to think, oh, well, what's the point of praying? Because really, it's just words on the page or words that you just vocalize, and that's it. It just kind of goes into this empty pit of nothingness, right? Um, maybe I say that because, like, in the past, I was atheist, so that's kind of the perspective I kind of had. I just kind of mock and laugh at people that just really believe that, that that was worthwhile of their time to do. 
But, like, honestly, like, that is what happened with Alma the Older and Alma the Younger. And then here's this experience where it says in the Doctrine and Covenants that exact thing, too. It's, like, these people, like, in the Book of Mormon were praying so that the people in the future could receive these words and be changed by them and allow for these words to then be a support and aid and help to them in these days, right? And and then here's the Lord saying, yeah, I'm honoring that, that bid, basically that, that, that off that heart desire that they had, I'm honoring that. And I wonder to myself how often he takes every one of my prayers and puts them in like a prayer storage system of sorts. And he's just taking one at a time and just trying to, you know, grant them as he goes kind of thing. I'm sure it's way more sophisticated than that because I kind of relate to him, you know, so often in the day. I go throughout the day and my kids are constantly um, asking me this, that, or the other. Mom, can you do this? Can you help me with this? Like, it's like, you know, if I had a prayer relationship with them, like, you know, if I did, it was, it was as if they were praying to me all day long, right? And it's like, it's like the, the amount of, of questions and input of, of, of demands and, and requests, like totally, um, like that pile is way higher than my, like, current ability to output and 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 get to all of those bids of of them wanting like support and help with things like that and so it's like I have compassion I'm like yeah like in the like I feel like that's why he gives us that upfront answer like that generally I've been able to understand it's like in the Lord's time all all of our prayers all of our our desires they'll just like if they're good desires they'll just manifest basically like they'll happen just like let the lord work in his own time kind of thing and that's kind of like the perspective that i have i'm like man like if i could just have space and like you know just that that understanding from the people around me that like i would love to hear everything that you have that you want me to help with and all of these things and if you could also respect in my own time of like when i can do those things because like you know so often it's like one person will ask and then it's like all of them get jealous when I just choose that one person to help rather than all the rest of the things that they're all asking me at the same time. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm sorry, guys, like one at a time, you're in line, right? And so it's just like, that's what I'm learning. And at the same time, like it's balanced, right? It's like, I love that I'm there right now because just even the day before yesterday, because this is what we talked about in my marriage class yesterday, was this idea of turning towards one another. You know, like this idea that whenever somebody's reaching out to say like, oh, what do you think about this? Or what about that? Or any gesture of connection, that is what they call a bid in this marriage workshop thing that I'm doing. And, and basically it's like the more often we can connect in those bids, for, you know, like help with tiny things or just like saying, do you remember this? Or, you know, just any bid for connection, the more we can have like a ratio of like, you know, five to one, you know, five bids like of connection versus every like one negative or whatever, like the more we can expand that and have more and more bids of connection versus like the negativity that comes up in a relationship, like the better, the better our future can be in our relationships, right? So of course, I love the way that like, you know, Heavenly Father works. He's just so aware of all of our prayers. So aware that here he is, you know, years later, hundreds of years later, 
he had this bid from his his people like years ago that asked if he could just help him with this thing and years later he still remembers it he has it stored away and he's about to grant it right here and he's saying yeah I'm granting this because that's what was asked of me like years ago or whatever right and he it's like man he is so on top of this I love that I love how he prioritizes listening to his kids and turning towards them and that it's a no-brainer for him. And and that he will even remember it hundreds of years ago, later. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, <laughs> I have so much to learn. Because, like, you know, my kids will bid me all day long. They'll bid me all day long. And I might just remember one of the one that I'm helping with. And then all the rest I've forgotten, right? But but it's been really healthy to just talk it out and be like, well, what do you do in that situation with this, like, marriage coach, relationship coach person that I'm working with as well? And And she's just like, well kids are super forgiving too you know if you simply acknowledge that yes I know that you were asking for help with this thing and I'm so sorry that I didn't help you with it at the exact moment that you were asking because that was the time that you needed help with it and I wasn't there for you you know and and recognizing that yes there might be still lots of bids of people needing our help all at the same time but how it's okay that we can only do what we can do and also sharing that that space of acknowledgement of them and what they're asking for and and just like knowing that they wanted to connect and we weren't available and 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 moving forward from there you know there's a lot of healing that can take place when we believe that they're resilient and we believe that there's a healing power in forgiveness in um in a sincere desire to want to make our relationships better. So anyways, that's kind of the whole like shablam of what I experienced this morning. I was like, yes, 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 yes. I'm so grateful. So anyways, that was me. And yeah, that was it.